it's the action. Point, no relaxing. Straight from off the rails with your host, Mr. Patrick. Show we attack, then defend and react. Calculate the damage, then resolve in a snap. Facts with this searing ember blade, leave no witnesses. I just close the combat chain and we winning this. Listen, this the blaze, we ain't going scar for scar. And I'm feeling like a hero, we ain't going call for card. It's the action, point, no relaxing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Action Point. I'm your host, Patrick Shaw, and this is episode six. Uh, Pro Tour Baltimore is come and gone, but the flesh and blood world is still a chatter over what was a, what a terrific experience it was. Uh, we want to give a special shout out to the very first guest of uh, this podcast, one Mara Ferris, for making it all the way to the finals on her Drill My List. She's changed a few pieces since, but you can find the deck tech that is the core of her Empress uh, variant strategy right here on Off the Rails TCG. Uh, we love having big names and rising stars here on the Action Point, and we've got one such star here with us today. Merrick Kemp is the winner of the largest calling of all time uh, during that very PT Baltimore uh, weekend. Piloting Dash expertly all the way to the finish line. Merrick, thank you for agreeing to join us, and welcome to the Action Point. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, we talked a little off air, but we do have a little connection. Uh, you you beat the crap out of me in Battle Hard in New Jersey in 2022. Uh, uh, do on dash th then as well when you top aided that battle hardened. I was just uh, uh, I was on Briar and you, you just you double throttled me when I was at one and couldn't stop you. And uh, as dash uh, seems to do these days. Yeah, that's a pretty classic dash, especially in Blitz. <laughs> uh, we'll get into some of that. Uh, you know the nuances of these uh, how dash goes a little later. But uh, you were just on the Savage Land news uh, recently. Uh, so, audience, if you are uh, if you want a full card by card deckless breakdown, I do recommend going over to that channel uh, and giving that a, a watch and a listen. Uh, I'm going to try not to rehash the same questions. Uh, so, you know, here we go. Um, so, Merrick, before Flesh and Blood, uh, you mentioned that you were a Yu-Gi-Oh player. Uh, have you always been a gamer? Uh, and what other games have you had like a chance to play in like, perhaps e either casually or in a competitive uh, setting? Yeah, so I've always liked um, I've always liked gaming. I, I used to play like more uh, video games, I guess, growing up in high school and middle school and stuff like that. But um, ended up, I guess, Yu-Gi-Oh was. Well, I played board games too, um, yeah. like tabletop, just any normal board games with with friends and stuff. Enjoyed that, but Yu-Gi-Oh was the first one that I started like any level of competitive play at all and even then i can't really say i was a very competitive player i was like running the jankiest thing i possibly could because i uh didn't have the the budget <laughs> as a high school student um but yeah and then uh more recently um the the game that i was playing more seriously was actually x-wing the minis game sure yep. um and uh it was when that when that game kind of fizzled out that i actually um, discovered Flesh and Blood, and, and since then I kind of, I usually dive headfirst into, like, one hobby and, uh, mm. and just, like, kind of tunnel vision on the one thing at a time. Sure. So I've been basically obsessed with that ever since. Now, at X-Wing, that is, is that on the, so I, I go to game stores, I play card games all around, yeah. and there's a bunch of other stuff. Is that the one where it's, like, the, I don't know, it's, like, a four-foot-by-four-foot square <laughs> mat? Like, a, there's, like, a galaxy yeah. backdrop to it, and then it seems yep. like I don't know. There's X wings, and then there's Tie Fighters, and guys yeah. with rulers. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, a lot of like um, 
it's cool because it, it it's a lot of spatial um, visualization, and then the way you move your pieces, you decide where you're gonna move before your you or your opponent knows what the other one has chosen. Um, yeah. So it's like kind of trying to outthink your opponent and like, sure. uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, definitely happy I found Flesh and Blood after that for sure. Yeah, no, I find uh, I think one of the most fascinating things that I, I find about uh, every guest is like the convergence from right from where you came from to flesh and blood and it's yeah. like that common thread i don't want to like james white it but the, you know the common thread of playing great games in person and in the flesh and blood it really it really rings true here uh flesh and blood does a great job of roping people in and getting them to stick around what about flesh and blood the game system stood out to you for you to know that this was the one that you wanted to be a part of yeah so i think i mean there, there are a lot of things um the first deck I played was Katsu, so that whole like combat. I think I think Katsu is one of the best heroes at getting the combat feel mm -hmm. of the of the cards, right? Like leg like tap and head jab. Like it's literally pictures of people kicking in and punching, right? Sure. And so yep. it's like that kind of interaction. Like the card you're playing is it doesn't just feel like putting a a card on the table, right? It's like you're kind of almost building a story throughout the game too. It's like and then I did this, and then it's like you can kind of feel your opponent like blocking or dodging or whatever i don't know i really enjoyed that um it was i guess kind of in line with that it's just a very interactive game like you're you're constantly making decisions whether it's your turn or it's your opponent's turn you're like i don't know it, it's just very engaging i get uh bored pretty quickly so waiting a very long time yes. for um, yes. my opponent to take a long turn is not as exciting as um something like fab where you can even in the longer games you're like you have a plan that you're trying to enact the whole time and you're like carefully setting it up. Mm. Um, some heroes do that more than Dash does, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoy that aspect. Excellent. Uh, telling a story as you go, that's a great way to put, uh, put the game. That's I'm that's, that just, that just stuck in there. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that uh, in the back <laughs> pocket there. Uh, so on top of the calling win, you have two battle hardened top eights, uh, one very recently in Richmond, the other in New Jersey last year. So between New Jersey and Richmond, what exactly were you doing? Uh, so what, are, what are your stats in between? Are you, uh, are you a grinder? What uh, you know? What, what have you been doing with Flesh and Blood uh, this whole time here? Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess I not a whole lot to be honest between those two. I um, wasn't able to make it for much of the RTN season last year, um, so I kind of missed out on that. And I was kind of mm -hmm. like I was playing ProQuest, but I was still newer. Um, I actually learned the game in Blitz. My local community was playing Blitz for quite a few months before sure. um, venturing into CC. So mm -hmm. the uh, New Jersey Battle Hardened being Blitz was a lot easier for me just because I was more mm -hmm. familiar with it at the time. Yep. Um, so since then, kind of just working on CC reps and and uh, trying to get an invite at local pro quests and things like that. Um, and then I missed the RTN season, like I said. But I did. I went to the World's Calling in San Jose. Mm -hmm. um, I was pretty happy with that. I got top 32 there out of like over 500 people, I think, at that event. So all right, all right. kind of going into the more recent calling, that was sort of my benchmark. I wanted to do at least as well as that, if not sure. better. So You have uh, the calling, the winning the calling may have changed uh, your perspective a little bit. But what exactly mm -hmm. is... And what would you consider your your relationship with uh, Flesh and Blood? There's some people I look at like Brody Spurlock is you know talks on the Pro Tour stream about how he considers it like a competitive sport, right? Just the same kind mm -hmm. of mentality going into that. Yeah. You, go, you know, 
he's he's deep into training he prioritizes that over you know over all these things uh there's other people uh, uh like matt folks uh picks up the cards the day before right <laughs> and uh and in yeah. hopes to get sleeves and uh tries to tries to play into a pro tour uh where do you where do you fit in between uh between the brody and the folks of the world yeah um definitely somewhere in between <laughs> um i i would not feel comfortable picking up a deck the day before and trying it at a major tournament like that. Um, I kind of like to really get a feel for it and, and fine tune over time and like feel really good and just know the deck inside and out before I take it to a larger event like that. Um, but I also definitely don't have Brody's level of, uh, mm-hmm. of success or dedication. And he goes to like basically every single event in North in America. In the world, it like, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah, was in I, uh, New Zealand. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> He's. I mean, it works for him, right? Like it. Yeah. It's a. It's a really good way to get better. Actually, I. I kind of did notice that too, and I have to attribute like any success and, and growth I've had with CC to it is um, with all of the recent battle hardens being kind of centralized on the East Coast um, for the U.S. This mm-hmm. year, it's like I've been able to go to a lot more of them. So I went to Richmond, I went to Charlotte, um, mm-hmm. and just like having more experience playing in person with high level players is just so valuable to like because those losses stand out a lot more sure. um, in your mind when you're trying to figure out like what could I do better. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I mean, it, it also helps you test how the how you're performing, how your deck is performing against a more talented field than like maybe a random Q on Talshar or something, right? So um, that was kind of what I was doing. I was using it as like, I mean, obviously I wanted the the PTI because I've been struggling to get one for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I was also really looking at it as kind of practice to hopefully do well at the next calling that I went to. So all right, um, yeah, excellent. So uh, so outside the calling. How was your Baltimore uh, weekend experience overall? Did you come? Did you come to for the Pro Tour, or did you come for the calling? Just the calling, yeah. Like I said, this is actually so. <laughs> my my like stretch goal for the for the calling was to get the PTI. Like yeah. I, I've yeah. seriously been. We'll probably talk about that later on, but it's a pretty uh, tough area to to win a Pro Quest around mm-hmm. here. So, um, yeah, definitely. That was kind of the goal. I just wanted to get invited to. My goal for the year actually was getting either a PTI or a Nats invite, just to be invited to some larger event to to play against like the best of the best, right? Sure. Um, so really excited that I have that now to to go to the next you know one of, of those events that I can make it to and and get that experience. But yeah, so I just went for the calling. Um, I'm from Charlottesville, so it's only about a three hour drive okay. uh, north right. to Baltimore. Yeah, so not too bad. And then split an Airbnb with a couple friends, um, which is a lot of fun. It's always way better going to these events with friends than by yourself. Um, for sure. But yeah, so I. Uh, we just went for the calling. Um, we got there Thursday night, so I did play the commoner event on Friday, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Dash was also pretty good in commoner. I play Dash in like everything, I guess. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. when you're uh, a one trick, right? You gotta gotta just do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I play other heroes too, but it's like it's it's very hard for me to convince myself not to play Dash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some bias there for sure. But, um, but yeah, so play the. Uh, common event a lot of fun um and then just kind of like got our bearings and got some good rest before 
uh, Saturday. I think that helped a lot as well. So uh, speaking of that, so you didn't land there by yourself. Who, who was on your team? Yeah, so the local guys um, that basically taught me flesh and blood and kind of got me into it, John and Chad, um, they uh, we went up together and, like I said, split an Airbnb. Um, both very good players. John had some some rough luck at the calling. Uh, Chad made day two. Um, I got to credit both of them, actually, because, like, so many of my reps were against those guys, especially um, the Lexi matchups. Chad is a very good Lexi player, so I think that helped a ton. And the four Lexis that I played on day two, um, being able to beat them is pretty much just because of the practice I had there. So, awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so winning the calling is one of the hardest things that I think someone can do in flesh and blood, in my opinion. There's the largest calling ever is 925 registered players before round one, the largest of all time. What were your specific expectations uh, going in? You had mentioned wanting to go for a, the PTI, but did you have something, did you have something like narrower in mind yeah so when i say i want to go for the pti that was like my oh man i like really want that i didn't think it was likely at all you know it's like mm -hmm. it'd be so nice just like the hope right um but my goal was really just to like i said try to do as well as i did at the world's calling i felt mm -hmm. like and i have felt for a while that dash was in a very good spot in this meta mm -hmm. um she feels much stronger than she has in past metas even stronger than uh she did back then at like like i said at the san jose meta but yep I, uh, yeah, so my goal was to at least make day two, um, and then hopefully have a better record on day two than I had at, at the World's Calling, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, or as good. Um, so that would be, I think I was like 6 2 and then 3 2. So, yeah, on in San Jose. So, yeah, I wanted to do at least that well mm -hmm. here, and then I was just kind of like, once I made day two, I was, I was happy. You know, I just get to play CC yeah. for two days. It feels pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would. I five and three in the calling for me did not make it. Uh, uh, I got close. I got dumpstered by an Azalea just randomly in like round four, and I knew that that was like. Yeah. I was I was, uh, I was four and two in round six, and I like I had to win out the last two, and just wasn't. Then I faced an Oldham. Yeah. I was on Azuri. It just. Uh, oh it, man, it, yeah. It didn't didn't work out. Our um, stories were almost very similar. It sounds yeah. like actually. <laughs> I tell you, I felt really good going in. I was I started three zero, and I was like, "All right, okay." Like my goal yeah. was day two. Like that was it. I, just, I haven't yeah. I haven't been able to day two something yet. So that was yeah. like that was the big one. But I could I couldn't quite get there. I mean, uh, yeah, going X two is hard in a field like that. I it mean, really it's is. also so random. You can't really prep for the meta because it's just random people. <laughs> Nine hundred people. There's going to be all decks represented. Right. Right. So. Yeah, and then just, I don't know, there's some variants there. You have to win 75% of your games against who knows who you're up against. It's it's tough. Yeah, especially, I feel like I feel like you you can't tech for everybody, right? So, like, you, if you run yeah, into, like, that wild card that you weren't yeah. prepared for, like, it's very yeah. it's very easy to just lose that game. You made day two. You're, you get to the top eight. Uh, you, you get to the finals. What was going through your mind when you sat down and shuffled up for the last game? Which... Leads me to my first community question from Taylor Crawford or Help Me Jace on Twitter, aka your opponent in that last game. He asks, "Why you gotta do me so dirty?" Uh, well, okay. The answer to that is it's about damn time, Taylor. But <laughs> I um, so like I was saying earlier, the the crowd I have here is is quite tough. Taylor's actually relatively local to me. We meet up at a lot of RTNs and ProQuests in Roanoke. Mm -hmm. 
and he's beaten me several times at those events. So I, I finally got the win, and I'm, uh, I'm happy it was this event. But yeah, it definitely, um, definitely overdue, I'd say. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's a great player. Like I said, uh, a lot of a lot of his crew is made day two. They're all great. Um, Mara shows up there as well. So a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of talent in that area. That top eight, uh, especially for the calling, like as impressive as the Pro Tour one, that calling top eight had some. Uh, you know, some of the more yeah. iconic players in the game just surrounding yeah. you. Did you did you feel like pressure at that point? Were you is that kind of a happy to be there kind of moment there, or uh, were you like in the zone where like, all right, I'm gonna sit down? Like, who did you face for your quarterfinals match? Uh, Matt Rogers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I. So I gotta be honest, I was like, there's always some anxiety about playing a big name just because you know that they're not gonna make mistakes, right? They're like very good players. Um, But this is also the first time that I've made it to a top eight in an event where um, it's open deckless for top eight players. Okay. And I felt so strong with Dash in that kind of situation because the whole time I'm like, I built the deck to try to have a chance against basically every other deck, right? Mm -hmm. And half of the battle is guessing what plan they're going to be on. Mm -hmm. Um, So since I I have, like, the perfect deck to answer the question, so as soon as I know exactly what question is being asked by looking through their whole deck list, the game gets way easier. Um, Like, yeah, so, for instance, I sat down, I saw Matt Rogers' deck list. I know he was on, like, um, somewhat of a fatigue build, not, like, pure fatigue old him, but Mm -hmm. I, I saw he had some life gain in there. Um, so I looked at his deck list and I was worried that I was going to see Imperial Warhorn in the deck list because that's kind of, you know, the tech you bring in for Dash, but he didn't have it, um, which made my sideboarding a lot easier. And then I also saw that he only had one, uh, red pummel. So, like, it's so much easier to play around the deck when you know there's only one pummel. Sure. Um, especially Oldham, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Dash is already, I think, pretty good against Oldham right now, and mm-hmm. um, having all that extra information, I felt very confident, I'll say. Um, not not an easy win by any means, because Matt Rogers is still Matt Rogers, but I was in about a, as good of a spot as I could be in the matchup. Absolutely. Um, uh, who who did you end up facing in the semis? Uh, that was Dave Lynn um, from oh, the okay. Wolfpack. So okay. Also on Oldham. Um, Kind of a similar situation. He also didn't have Warhorn, also only had one red pummel. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big part of what helped me win that game is, you know, baiting out the pummel on the the CNC when I had a reinforced line in Arsenal. And he knew I had it, but he kind of has to go for it there, right? Yeah. So, um, and then once that one's out of the way, I don't have to worry about pummel anymore. Uh, He was running um, an Othos in the matchup, which was really surprising to me. Mm Kind of caught me off guard, but... um, not having Rampart is is good for me. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons you mentioned for liking Dash so much was that it's it had a uh, limited card pool that was easily fine tuned and allowed you to pivot strategies easily both in the sideboard and during the game. Uh, this leads mm-hmm. me to my next community question from John Powell, who asks, uh, "What did your testing process look like?" There were lots of two ofs, generally uh, lots of two ofs, and that generally denotes a fine-tuned deck. Uh, yeah, that's that's John. That's one of the guys I went up with. So he's he's throwing me that question there um, when he's uh, been my primary testing Perfect. partner. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, no, the the two ofs are um, mostly because 
either things that are really horrible to have more than one in your hand at the same time. So dropping from three to two makes that a lot better. Um, combustible couriers and it's probably the like biggest standout there. I know that most dashes are on three. I just drawing two of those at the same time feels horrible. Mm-hmm. So um, I dropped down to two and it felt fine. And then uh, yeah, the tickle core is kind of the same way. Um, non blocks are not great sure. in a deck that is surviving by having a lot of three blocks <laughs> a lot of the time. So um, having too many items in the deck, uh, even in the aggro matchup, is is potentially game losing if you draw too many at one time. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's kind of how I got to uh, down to two copies or, or less of all this different stuff. Yeah. All right. Following up on that. I don't think I have ever seen a more impassioned and panicked response to seeing a victor's deck list uh, than when your list came out. So for for all the people who have been on my back about it, what happened to the yellow zero to sixties, Merrick? What happened to them? Why aren't they there? Where did you put them? Yeah, they're gone. Uh, I <laughs> I don't I don't know. It would take a lot for me to add them back. So. There are there are a bunch of different builds for dash. Obviously, I think that in the aggro, like pure aggro package, if all you're trying to do is just kill your opponent with raw damage, uh-huh. um, and not really care about blocking or you're not worried about fatigue or anything like that, then yeah, maybe zero to sixty makes more sense potentially because it is technically one more point of value in that situation. <laughs> I don't have that happen ever with my build. Um, I'd never wish that a yellow T-Bone was a yellow 0-60. That's kind of the swap, right? Like, you're always going to play the reds and blues of both of those cards. And if you play all 18, um, so, you know, nine of each, you kind of end up in a situation where your high-octane turns and max-V turns are super easy to play, but then you have really terrible turns in the middle where it's, like, a bunch of two and three attacks, and, like, that's it, right? It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I can do all these for free, but... My whole hand does eight damage, so not that exciting. Uh-huh. Um, so I think you only want 15 zero costs in the deck. And in my opinion, T-Bone is more valuable than zero to 60, even outside of the Ranger meta. Uh-huh. Um, in the Ranger meta, it's incredibly strong. Um, it's it's so good, especially with, like... So obviously the, the strength there, right, is all their equipment is Blade Bricks. So you can destroy yeah. New Horizon and clear the whole arsenal and yeah. just ruin Lucky's Day. Um, it's also very good. All the all the T bones are also very good with uh, against Codex of Frailty because they can like Codex you, and then you put a T bone back in your arsenal, and now it's mm-hmm. like if you had another one in your hand, then you know it, it doesn't matter how the Frailty token. You're gonna give me your equipment. I could attack you with a blue T bone with Frailty for zero, and you still have to block with New Horizon. So yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah that's true. kind of like that's kind of vicious right there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just mean, but it's it's super strong, right? And then even outside of like I said, outside of ranger matchups, there's a lot of times that I can close a game um, where my opponent is at a weird life total. So maybe maybe they're at one, right? Or maybe it's like mm-hmm. something else where they're trying to avoid pistol lock yep. um, at the end of the game. So if they're saving equipment for a breakpoint and they only have, like, one piece of equipment left, so say Runeblade only has Grasp or or something, right? Like, the second block on Grasp, and they've blocked with their other stuff, it's gone. Um, you can play Yellow T-Bone first, boost, and you take the Grasp, like, you force them to block with Grasp, and it also takes another card. So you're basically... It's basically a breakpoint attack on its own, even though it's a zero for two. Sure. Um, 
and I've closed several games that way as well. It's okay. it's really a strong play. And then just to, <laughs> I'm gonna like rant about T-Bone for a while, but the last thing I'll say on it is on turn zero, it's amazing because it's a way to get. You can kind of look at equipment as just extra life total that heroes have at the beginning of the game, and cool. usually on turn zero, you're just going to block with your whole hand and move on, but T-Bone says, no, I'm definitely getting some of your life total in the form of your equipment. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just great in, like, most situations, I feel like. That's where I'm thankful for, like, Snapdragon scalers, just the zero uh, yeah. armor that, you know, still yeah. able to block. Uh, exactly. Put well, that's why I run so many T-Bones. Right. Like, <laughs> do you, do you often find yourself double, like double or triple T-boning, uh, like in a given turn? Yeah. So T-bone is usually um, the way it plays out is like they're all three blocks, right? So worst case scenario, if, if you don't have a good turn for it, it's just a three block, which is you know all of Dash's cards, other than the items. So mm -hmm. it's it's fine in that situation. Otherwise, it's a combo turn, or maybe not combo, but like power turn enabler with max velocity or high octane. Yep. Or you're waiting for um, one or two of them, or maybe one of them and a magnetic. Um, you can do T-Bone, another boost, and magnetic is a totally fine play to get three equipment. And usually one of those will have blade break at that point, and then you can, uh, if you manage to do it again, I mean, basically it's just weakening them, right? Setting up oh. for a even more dev devastating T-Bone turn later on. Sure, sure. Um, now you started talking about it uh, a bit there. Is there? Uh, you, it's the ranger meta, right? Your Azalea, Alexi are very popular. Um, are there some uh, when you're going into both of them or either of them? Uh, can you give us perhaps maybe some tips on handling uh, either either Azalea or Lexi uh, as Dash in those matchups? Um, and uh, I guess. Given given your list, do you have anything that you would consider beyond the yellow T bones, uh, like tech, I guess for for the ranger matchup? Yeah. So the um, even before even before Lexi was like very good, um, Dash used to struggle into Lexi as one of the more difficult matchups. Sure. Um, and that was kind of where CNCs originally came from. Actually, it was like I I said in the interview with Savage Lands, it was. Um, replaced payload but it did that because i needed a popper but i also needed to do something else in a matchup that was weaker right so mm -hmm. um basically it came in to deal with lexi and that was before azalea was a concern at all yep. um things have changed but uh yeah so i say like you can look at my deck list pretty quickly and tell that i have a lot more hate for rangers than any other dash has had with the rainbow t-bone magnetic uh, command and conquer you know I've, I've got like as much as i possibly can without destroying the deck basically to deal with them um and then i think that that was very uh impactful to the results out of the calling I, I mean i don't win several of those games without all that extra um extra cards extra tech for for ranger right sure um, but yeah as far as advice on how to play them i I think Lexi is, you know, everyone's saying she's the deck to beat right now, right? She's kind of overtaking Azalea as far as the top dog. Mm -hmm. um, I think just blocking really efficiently is fine. I, I'm not really afraid to leak a little bit of damage, even if I have to block with four cards, if I know that it's going to buy me time to set up a better turn than them or, you know, wait for them to have something where they're not attacking me four times in one turn or something, you know, something like that. So it's it's kind of like... Not all their turns are going to be uh, rain razors three of a kind, right? 
Um, yeah, yeah. And if you wait for the the dud hands, then dash is so consistent that you're just going to outvalue on those turns. It's kind of the plan most of the time. Okay. Uh, in addition to destroying their arsenal whenever you feel like it. Um, so <laughs> then Azalea is a little bit trickier, and I, I'm a little bit reluctant to talk about it because one of the advantages dash has is because uh, like people don't actually know what your plan is all the time. But I think that. The old plan for Azalea used to be to kind of um, go pistol package. You play the D-React, you play pistol, and you just outvalue over time. Uh-huh. I think that the new Azalea decks are too consistent at getting dominated arrows, like most turns yeah. now. Yeah. And what I found was I was running out of D-Reacts, and they were not running out of dominated arrows. So right. yeah. um, I have pivoted more to kind of a mid-range-ish, more aggro-based approach in that matchup. Um, and that seemed to work a lot better because uh, eventually they do have a lot of two blocks in the deck, and that becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, so the uh, after the what happened to yellow zeros, uh, the next most popular uh, question was: uh, Are there any changes that you'd make to to the deck uh, going into whatever your next event would be? Yeah, so I actually want to, I need more testing um, against a few matchups. Specifically, the one that's coming to mind right now is um, the Hyper Fatigue Golden with Warhorn that I talked about earlier. Yep. That's a really hard one because in Swiss, I can't set in, I have Remembrance in the, in the deck specifically for that matchup, okay. but in Swiss, I can't put it in because there's not really enough time for that strategy to, to work in Swiss, right? You're going to go to time. So I want to try out... Um, but I want to try out optical monocle. Um, all right, all right. Because, yeah, it's like it has value already, like getting through your deck faster for the better items. And it's unlike core, it doesn't go away on its own, so it eats up a warhorn charge. Okay. And my hope is that. What I'm doing right now in that matchup is using core to kind of delay the warhorn because I'll wait two turns before they pop anything if that's on the board. Okay. And then I also have the tech will counter in that matchup to eat a warhorn as well. And if I had like one more or even just like a zero cost instead of a, a pounder there in the form of optical monocle, I think it would buy me enough time that I could potentially, this is why I need testing, right? Potentially um, apply so much pressure that they didn't have time to like wait on the second and third warhorn and I would just basically be putting them at lethal range uh, before the time was called. Mm-hmm. And okay. that would help a lot with sideboarding and it would help a lot with not letting that matchup be horrible. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, I am not a Dash player, uh, and frankly, the variant names scare me. Uh, there is Wombat, there's Tree Frog, uh, there's, uh, there's Boost, there's Pistols, there's Control, there's Aggro, there's Hybrid, there's even Mech. Can we just talk a minute about the different Dash variants, the names, and can you help us identify which one you were actually running in the calling? There's a lot of confusion uh, in, this, in yeah. this area here. Um, okay, so I, I'm happy to talk about the different kinds of dash. I am not going to talk about what the different animal names mean because (laughs) I hate them. I think that the animal names are extremely dumb (laughs) and they're like, they are the huge source of confusion. Like if you go to the Uh main dash discord channel, you'd be hard pressed to look two days without seeing someone ask what the animal names mean because new players have no idea what we're talking about. Um, and yeah, the whole the whole thing is like kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, 
So I'm not going to talk about that. They won't even make sense. I can tell it's a trigger point. You can see it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's annoying. Uh, it, yeah, it's enough of a trigger point that my friends are like picking on me, being like, "Oh, what are you going to name your deck? What animal is it?" It's like they know how much I hate it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's okay um, that's all right so so yeah. there is there does seem to be a bit of um uh i it does seem like dash when you hear dash as the deck right it, it feels like that it it covers almost too much but there is some there's some nuances to yeah. how these decks get built uh there, there can, you, can, lot, you help, yeah. can you help help identify that for us what, what is no, the yeah. differences here so there's yeah, that's that's totally fine. There's a really wide spectrum of ways to build dash. Um, I think like the far ends you have the hyper boost variant with um, Talishar is probably the like most aggressive version of the deck, okay. and that one is very susceptible to fatigue, but it has damage output that's almost unmatched um, by any other aggro deck. Right? It's if you try to race that, you're probably gonna lose most of the time. Um, but as I said, it's very weak to fatigue, and then you have the other side of the coin which is the heavy control build um with uh the like all the d reacts and just a bunch of blue three blocks um and you set up the full pistol package i think that build even runs like three chamber along with a three purifier so mm -hmm. you just like no matter what they're doing you're trying to block out until you can set up this unbeatable engine for late game mm -hmm. and that one is extremely good against Oldham. like i don't it's almost unlosable against Oldham. um and other fatigue matchups as well. I th I'd say it's probably also very good against like Assassin um, at that yes. point. But yes, it is. It has, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played that build, but I like to go control into Assassin anyway. So I imagine a deck built around that would be quite mm -hmm. good. Um, but yeah, the problem it has is that it's quite weak against the like standard heavy aggro deck so it had a hard time against Fi. it had a hard time against briar now it's really bad against lexi so um they they have you know the two sides have their weaknesses right but the thing i like about dash is that with the sideboard you can kind of make compromises to have both of those at the same time okay to a slightly weaker degree um but even more importantly you have everything in, in between so um for instance, with my deck, like my sideboard notes are for myself are pretty basic, but I kind of break down the not just the cards in the deck, but the play style, like the default play style I'm going to use in a matchup before I see what my opponent, how my opponent's reacting to me. Mm -hmm. It's like six different speeds of dash that I have with the the same deck, right? So um, that's kind of the strength of a hybrid or more mid range approach is that you can adapt a lot easier. Um, and so maybe you're not having any auto win matchups, but you're also completely capable of winning against. Um, you don't have any impossible matchups either, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's kind of it. the The traditional hybrid that I've seen kind of does more of a um, straight pivot between aggro and control, but uh, not many people play the mid range approach anymore. Um, definitely not with command and conquer. Yeah. So that's kind of the the difference um and then you did mention mechanoid mm -hmm. i haven't seen many mechanoid lists that i thought were very good i did play test it a good bit um when it first came out because i mean it's a giant mech suit it looks awesome uh it does and, it does it does look yeah. good. <laughs> and if you get it 
early, it's extremely powerful. I At first, I was actually worried it was going to be a bit oppressive um, because of how strong that suit is when you can actually get it on the board. Mm-hmm. But there are too many... Right now, I feel like... Or what I eventually decided was that there are too many answers to it, too many ways to like just completely shut it down. Um, mm-hmm. If you have like item destruction or, or anything, it's it's a really bad time, right? Like Tomotai, it's on yeah. any of your equipment before you get it out, you kind of just lost the game already. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's very good against uh, some of the other decks, and I think it's actually um, in the mirror. I would actually say it's the best version of Dash, but um, it's just hard to to do well into the the rest of the field. So. That is actually one of the things on my list to look at, though. I want to try to see if I can bring the mechanoid into a more hybrid-type approach. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think you'd that's... Make a, you'd make a lot of... There's... Especially, I don't know, around me, I hang around a lot of Dash players, but they yeah. all want the mech suit to work. Yeah, like, everyone wants the mech suit to work, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you just... The trap I was having the first time that I fell into was, like, trying to make it work all the time, and I think that... That's why you got to lean into some form of hybrid, whether it looks similar to what we have already or it's something totally different. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that it is, um, that you're not using it in the matchups, that it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, you need to somehow run the mech suit along with a pistol package because Olden can also mess it up with like expose. If you start, if it starts becoming popular and they just like expose the elements at the wrong time, the game's over. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly annoying that Oldham apparently can just like put a card in and like invalidates yeah. just another deck <laughs> yeah. when that happens. Yeah, exactly. Everything else is the same, but here's just it's a, a bunch of silver bullets. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about Warhorn. I mean, it hits dash, yeah, hits ice. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's yeah. it's a uh, uh, it's annoying. You like swap the weapon, and, you know, kill kill an archetype, put expose the elements, kill another one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you you were talking about the hyper aggro and the hyper control. Now, if I have it right, um, I don't know if you follow. Or I'm sure I'm sure you do. But the the previous dash that won the calling in Singapore, I believe, was uh, towards that hyper aggro uh, yeah, that version. Yeah, that was I think. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. So that that one, I, I I recall, I had put it on, I put it on the combat chain as a like a gameplay, and I had uh, Capolo. I'm sure you know. The Capolo dash gag. Yeah. Um, there was was piloting it, and it was both. We were both doing it. It was crazy. We I ran that five list with Rainbow even biggers, uh, and we were both like it was two games. Uh, one one I put up there, but two games that we just went. It was two turns total, like for for each of the game there. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, yeah. <clears throat> almost almost immediately afterwards, uh, you know, it became super popular. Right, you just see Dash and Talishar yeah. popping up there. And uh, like you were talking about, it's super susceptible to fatigue uh, to the point where like we were talking about, like, how do we even as as five without doing the, uh, you know, the janky, even bigger stuff, like how does regular five end up beating Dash? And we found out that we couldn't race it, but we could fatigue it as five. Yeah. <laughs> and that was when we yeah. were like, OK, all right, because <laughs> you yeah. could just even if you just you take out your art awards, you just put in as many uh, things that just block anything. And eventually, you just you just get there. Uh, you know, they yeah. might be able to high roll like a max velocity, but um, yeah, for the most part, you still survive uh, when you when they do it. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, there are definitely ways to like combat that if you notice someone's trying to fatigue you. But I mm-hmm. think with that build, you don't have a lot of. There's not much plan B, right? You're kind of right, like right. I'm yeah, you're all against. 
yeah, I want you to be dead by the time my deck is empty. It's yeah. kind of the whole thing. <laughs> um, and I suppose there's another point of reference for the super control. I believe it top aided US Nats. Yeah, I think US Jacob Nats. Baugh yep. was it Jacob Baugh that was playing it um, yep. there. But yeah, that was because that I I recall I was you know in in the building the talk was like a dash mate the top eight. It's crazy. You should see it. There's 27 defense reactions uh, in, mm-hmm. in the deck and. Uh, uh, no one, no one quite believed it, and then obviously Jake Jacob was piloting it really well, and it became really popular. But to your point, to to that, that also, you know, it's susceptible to uh, the others. But it's a great either one of those can be a great meta call uh, yeah. if you know, right? If you know the environment uh, that it'll work in, Definitely. both of those can absolutely work. Oh um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen like even Iris Dromai do well at some events, right? Right, like, right. Just because of the sheer meta call. So I think it's totally possible. And even though I haven't. I haven't really played that controlly version or the Talishar version very much at all. Like, mm-hmm. I like that they exist because it means that my opponent has even less idea what I'm going to do when I say exactly. I'm playing Dash, right? Yeah. Um, so, that's that's yeah, always it's... dangerous, right? Especially, like, uh, Lexi has that same problem. Like, the more ice cards that show up, you just don't know mm-hmm. what you're going to get. You might get that fuse list. Yeah. list but uh, even as, like, I play a lot of Katsu. Right. If I see the the fuses list, I feel like I might have a racing chance. But if I see, you know, if they start doing Blizzard bolts and all this stuff, I just, I might as well just put my cards down because I can't yeah. I can't deal with like nine frostbites right. in a turn. Uh, yeah, as it is. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we covered the mech. I just I so I want to give Shane Wilson uh, credit. We uh, Merrick did cover it in his last statement, but he did ask about the mech suit. Uh, variant. So I just want to shout out Shane. Thank you for giving uh, giving us your question there. Um, and I think that is actually going to we're, we're rounding the bases uh, here. It's this is a clean. We're at forty seven minutes. I like it. Um, so this is my closing question. I give to all my guests. Um, it is open ended. It can be whatever you want as an answer. But what is something about you that you'd want those who don't know you to know about you? I I do have a very cute golden retriever. Um, <laughs> we're yeah, I guess we're dog I, lovers here. That's fine. Yeah, I guess that's probably the the main thing. Um, dog owners are a special breed. Yeah, her name's Evie. So I guess like my my thing would be uh, I definitely love dogs. Totally dog person. Um, I used to work at a dog daycare. I love them so much. So all right, all right. I um, have a golden retriever named Evie. She's uh, extremely rotten and gets whatever she wants because I cave immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, most of my time is uh, spent with flesh and blood. I, I kind of just um, focus on that for fun. I, I'm an engineer for my like actual career, so I do um, some like airspace type design stuff. But uh, oh, right. yeah, that's right. not nearly as fun as fab. <laughs> that's a, that's a... All right, this is... Uh, all right, so you are... Uh, we love dog people here. I have two dogs, uh, Piper and Mario. Oh, yeah. um, I have a pit mix That's and an awesome. English bulldog. Uh, he is That's fat. Great. He's fat and he's stinky. And my uh, my pit mix is also spoiled. And I love pits. They're so sweet. <laughs> they are. So I have I have to ask. What is? <laughs> I know what my dogs sound like in my head. What does yours sound like in your head? Does she oh, have she's a voice? extremely classy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's like very. Uh, usually mad that we're not like going to bed on time or something. Mm-hmm. She like mm-hmm. likes to. Um, so if we have guests over, she'll 
at a certain time, she'll like try to corral them towards the door and be like, it's time for you to leave because yeah. we have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. My, my pit yeah. mix is also very, very spoiled, uh, very entitled. Uh, she'll, yeah. she'll go over to the treat area and uh -huh. like start knocking it over and just demanding yeah. a treat no no <laughs> she used to earn it now she does not she just yeah just expects it yeah that's perfect though that's not that's how it should be they need to be spoiled you know they do they do and she she especially is very much uh uh she takes up my spot in the bed as well yeah, uh, you're like crammed into like a quarter of the bed. That uh, has the other yeah, quarters. yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's a big bed. I don't know what it feels like to sleep in it. <laughs> um, all right, all right. That is going to do it for uh, for today. Merrick, thank you very much for coming on to the Action Point. Now, uh, this is your opportunity. If you have anything to plug, if you have a a website, a uh, a project coming up. Uh, Anything that you would like to put out to the world now is your opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't really have too much. I'm I'm pretty hard to find, as I think you found out trying to track me down for this. Uh -huh. um, yes, but, yeah, um... I did. I did put out. I I'm happy that it happened, but I did put out the feelers. I was I was like, I don't even know how to get in touch with them. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not super active on any sort of social media. On on the uh, Discord, I'm friends that you can. Like, if you search me in the dash chat, you'll find my name. If you have any questions, you can ask me there. I'm happy to answer. Um, but, yeah, in general, that's uh, you're probably not going to see me in many other places unless I hopefully do well at another event. So, um, What is next? Yeah, I, I What's next on the docket for Flesh and Blood? That's a good question. I, uh, I don't know because we haven't had announcements on <laughs> World or Nats yet. Yeah, I suppose so. Huh? Um, yeah, we're the only country yeah. <laughs> that has a DVD yeah. still for Nats. Yeah, um, I'd like to go to nationals, depending on where it is, um, and if I can get a, a Nats invite this RTN season, that'd be really good. Um, I'd prefer to save the PTI for like a Worlds or the next US-based uh, Pro Tour, if possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we'll see. Um, you yeah, know, the last thing I'll say is just a shout out again to all the local guys for you know helping me prep for the event and everything, and uh, Chad and John for. I mean, John drove the whole way, which is huge. Definitely helped me stay more awake, and um, they made sure that I was not gonna like uh, starve to death when I was playing mm -hmm. way more games than I thought I was gonna be over the weekend. Um, so yeah, no, definitely, definitely lucky to have the community I do have, and um, also uh, Taylor and, and his group. I'll, I'll see you guys at RTN season. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, congratulations again on the big win. Uh, I'm sure this is the start of a uh, a, a fun run to uh, seeing you at the, the top tables at uh, Tier 4 events moving forward. So we, we look forward to following along uh, your journey here. All right. Uh, you are watching slash listening to The Action Point. The Action Point was uh, The Action Point theme was written, produced, and performed by Griff. Podcast audio stream is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and soon to be more. You can find me on YouTube and Twitter using the handle Off the Rails TCG. Be sure to head over there to the YouTube uh, and like, subscribe, and click the bell notification to see more content coming out all the time. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well. Off the Rails TCG also has a Discord. Click the invite link uh, in the link below and be some of the first people to see the newest content from the channel and talk to my friends and I about all things flesh and blood. And that is going to do it for us tonight. Thanks again, Merrick, for coming on. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. It's the action point, no relaxing.
Straight from off the rails with your host, Mr. Patrick. Show we attack, then defend and react. Calculate the damage, then resolve in a snap. Facts with this searing ember blade, leave no witnesses. I just close the combat chain and we winning this. Listen, this the blaze, we ain't going scar for scar. And I'm feeling like a hero, we ain't going call for call. It's the action, point, no relax.